Howdies, and welcome to the very first episode of Mark and the Tiger Tales, the podcast all about storytelling and the amazing people who tell these stories. Uh, I'm your host, Mark, uh, the Mark of in, with the Mark and the Tiger, um, and I'm here because I. <laughs> Because we're off to a great start so far. Fantastic. No, I'm here because I love stories. I love to listen to stories. Stories, for me, have always been how I get most of my information about how the world is and functions and how I've learned how to operate in it. I don't know if it's because I was really shy as a kid or or really insecure, but I've always been a daydreamer and I've always kind of been lost in my own little world. And it's always been more of my norm to listen than necessarily to talk a ton. And so because of that, I, I always heard a lot of stories and I'm very eager to ask questions and, and get more information out of people. And I have found that most people really like to talk and they really like to tell these stories. So here I am to listen. This podcast was born from all of that. And because I've realized that a lot of people love stories, I feel like for our society, storytelling is what has gotten us here. I mean, honestly, like we had storytelling before we had written language. It's always been a part of humans and our experience and how we function in the world. And it brings us together. It helps us find community when we don't have some. And it's just fucking great all around. So here we are. Welcome. Uh, The premise of this podcast is pretty simple. I know a lot of amazing people. And I found a lot of amazing people through my travels and my adventures as a human being. And I just want to hear the stories they have to tell. So every single week, starting today, you're going to get a new guest and they're just going to tell us stories. It's going to be amazing. There's no rules for what stories they can tell. It can be real life. It can be about their careers. It can be something totally fictional. It can be just something that they're interested in. I'm just excited to hear what they have to say. And from there, we'll just, well, who knows? The world is our oyster. So for the very first episode of this podcast, I thought it was only fitting that I should have on the woman who inspired me to start it in the first place, my incredible friend, Olivia Brennan. Olivia, oh man, what can I say about her? First of all, voice like butter. I can't wait for you to hear it. It's just, mm, mm, melts in your mouth. She's also a fucking boss bitch, and she's here to tell us all about how she went from just, you know, being beaten down by the system and by a lot of shitty people to starting her own company and turning it into something powerful and amazing. Olivia is the creator, the president, the everything of the Social Slayer social media marketing agency. She also handles my social media. So, you know, this is, it's, we're keeping it in the family to start with, but I know you're going to love it. I know you're going to love her story, her tale, her wisdom, and I can't wait to see you on the other side. Enjoy it. Bye. Tell me a story. Well, um, I'm Liv and 
I'm going to share a bit about how I started my social media agency and kind of fell in love with social media. So about 10 years ago, I was leaving university and wasn't really sure in terms of guidance what my next steps would be and realized that film and TV was very much my passion. But trying to get hold of people in the film industry when you live in the middle of nowhere in the UK is really not that easy. (laughs) So I decided to use my Instagram as a way of communicating and reaching out and networking. Um, And I was literally just a 24-year-old girl sat in Hello Kitty pajamas in my bedroom in the middle of nowhere where, you know, where I live, you're more likely to see Bilbo Baggins than you are to see Steven Spielberg. So (laughs) I realized that Instagram could be an amazing way of building a network and reaching out to people and getting some experience in the industry when every avenue it seemed I had tried, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a success for me. Um, I think being a Latina and being uh, female in the film industry, just, it wasn't ticking the right boxes. So (laughs) I decided to take control and give myself my own platform if it wasn't going to be, you know, a feasible option for me to join these things. And so through Instagram, reached out to these amazing people who worked at Disney and Marvel and Warner Brothers and Sony, all like the big film companies, and started to ask them questions. I feel like when you ask people a bit more about themselves, it's a really easy way to break the ice and to also get to know them. I'm a big believer in building, you know, genuine relationships with people and speaking to them and hearing their advice I decided to build my own blog and share these tips and advice that these industry professionals shared with me and then from that over five six years I built a mini community of around 10k and a readership and I just fell in love with social media and the power of social media I think what a lot of people don't always feel comfortable about with social media is that yes it can sometimes feel overwhelming but actually you're in control of your next steps and the journey that you want to take so I find it really empowering and then from then I you know over the last however many years decided that I wanted to amp that up and really niche down in the types of people I was supporting and empowering online and started my agency the social slayer and now we specialize in helping six seven and eight figure female coaches entrepreneurs and creatives And yeah, I love it. I love what I do and I'm very grateful for it. I mean, how does it feel to have started your own company so fast after working for other people for so long? Yeah, it's, it was definitely like a shift. I think it was a mindset shift more than anything. I think uh, when you're working for other people, you tend to get in the mindset of like, you're kind of, you know, moving to somebody else's music, like you're not running to the beat of your own drum, you know? And I think when you're starting your own business or running your own business, it's quite a, it's quite a shock to the system to be like, oh, okay, I'm like, I'm the one in the driver's seat here. Like I'm deciding how my days look, I'm deciding where my energy goes. But, you know, as a recovering people pleaser, I think my biggest like life lesson was boundaries. It's knowing that no is a really powerful word and that I should use it more often because your energy and your time is like your most valuable asset. You're not going to get that back. So you have to be really, really conscious of where you're spending that and how is that helping your business? Is it enabling it to grow and scale or are you actually keeping yourself quite small because you're too busy in the actual running of the business and the day-to-day, you know, micro things that you don't necessarily need to be doing? 
That is really true. And man, it's hard. Mm. The organization part of things is so hard. I always marvel at people who are able to do that. The other day I was trying to clean my house and I ended up sharpening pencils for 30 minutes and I don't know why or how. I honestly like that though, but I I find it really quite overwhelming when I know I have so many different to-dos. And so I have to say really recently, I have taken on a VA, Olivia, and she's amazing. And that has massively just given me the mental capacity to know that somebody is taking care of this a lot better than I could have. So, you know, I'm awesome. And she's got a great name too. I know. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) No, I'm joking. (laughs) So when you were first starting out and you were like cold calling people essentially on Instagram and things, I mean, how do you get people to to come to you before you actually have something to show them? Yeah. So I, Um, when I was reaching out to people way back, it was genuinely because I was curious and I just wanted to speak to them about their experience and their career in the industry purely because I wasn't, for whatever reason, being able to be given access into the film industry via some of the routes I had tried. And I feel like I hadn't given any backstory to the story. So I had a really awful experience where I was, um, you know, discriminated against and made to feel Mm. um, really shamed. And it was like a it was racial discrimination. And I think I'd never had anything that had rocked my world like that to be told that I couldn't have a job because of the color of my skin. And that was kind of where I was like, I'm not putting my hands and my fate in somebody else's control when they don't know me or my capabilities. So I really saw Instagram as not a social media site. It was really like, these are my next steps steps and I'm taking it really seriously. So when I was reaching out to these people, it was because I really wanted to ask them these questions. And I also had this feeling or this thought that, It was such an outrageous idea to message people from like your favorite TV shows or films that probably no one does it because they would think no one's going to respond. Literally, that's my thought. Yeah. Yeah. I think because of that, that worked in my advantage. Like I always talk about on my socials about being delusional. I think it's a really key part of being successful because if you played it safe and you played it, you know, as everyone else would expect, I don't think you'd be making the moves and certainly not in the time frame you know that you can do you can make massive change really quickly just by being quite brave and thinking well you know fuck it (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna go for it because nobody else is you know deciding to do that and then when I reached out to them I basically just said to them hey you know I'd love to to ask you a couple of questions via email or maybe we could jump on a quick call for like 15 minutes because I think you need to be really conscious of when you haven't spoken to someone obviously they don't owe you anything and I wasn't going in there expecting anything yeah Um, You know, it's just like a cheeky ask. If you have the time, I'd love to chat. And I feel like everyone has 15 minutes, you know, who doesn't have 15 minutes. Isn't that the truth? Yeah. Especially nowadays. Literally, I know you have your phone on. You don't you leave (laughs) me on red. (laughs) You have it. So exactly. Uh, I feel like just, you know, being really casual and remembering that these people are humans and they're not, you don't need to put them on a pedestal and just asking questions. I think that was my biggest benefit to me is that I wasn't seeking these people to get anything. I genuinely wanted to learn as much as I could because I feel like knowledge is power and having those different skill sets and understanding of things and just relationships with people that all adds to you growing and expanding and building a career yeah who was the biggest surprise person that responded to you when you were first reaching out to people well i actually let me find out his name i've completely forgotten his name jj abrams assistant replied to us when we reached out for my god 
crazy obviously he wasn't available but delusional girl over here still was like i'm gonna try <laughs> so we amazing that he even responded though that's so yeah, cool exactly. exactly so we did get some really amazing interviews for into the script with some really big names and i think you know when you're doing something like anything like that not just starting a blog but just taking a chance on yourself it just takes one person to say yes and then you build mm-hmm. momentum and confidence and you keep going and there are going to be times where maybe the shots that you take don't work out but to me i just felt like no it's just a word it doesn't it means as much as you make it mean you know yeah 100 percent. well and i think the important thing is that it i mean it's usually never personal and like no mm-hmm. is not a, mm-hmm. something which i feel like for me and for a lot of us out there <laughs> you know rejection feels like a really personal thing or you know the word no or putting up boundaries sometimes feels like a personal thing and if you can take that element out of it then it's so much mm-hmm. easier to mm-hmm. deal with yeah absolutely I, I very much feel like any form of rejection because that's not really like a word that i use a lot it's redirection i always see it as redirection things oh that's so much more positive it. I just, I just think because <laughs> for me, like, especially when I started in the film industry, technically as a writer and a blogger, if I took every bit of criticism to heart, which I saw a lot of creatives do, you'd, oh, I'd seen so many creatives where it stumped them and they couldn't write again and they couldn't get up and keep going. And I feel like a whole part of being creative is learning to part of your tools. It's not just writing and thinking of these stories. It's building a tough skin to to withhold that because there's going to be more no's than there are yeses, but it's up to us how we see that and how we frame it and how it dictates our next moves. I wasn't going to let random people that didn't know my skill set determine yeah. where I was going next. I was like, you don't know me. You don't know what I'm capable of. That's cool. That's your opinion, but I'm going this way, you know? Motherfucker. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> I love like that. <laughs> but I mean, you're so casual about it, but I, I, I really do think it's remarkable because not a lot of people have that ability or mindset to be able to just push forward. But mm-hmm. I think that's the mark of someone who's able to build their own company from the ground up in five months. So there you go. It's helped. It's definitely helped. But I do. I always talk about lucky girl syndrome, delusional, like lucky girl syndrome is a term that's been thrown around TikTok and it's really popular at the minute and I'm all for it um, because I do think being delusional, I always talk about if you have these massive dreams, it's highly likely that the majority of people in your life aren't going to get it. And that's completely fine. You might feel lonely at times, but it's not for them to understand. You don't need anybody else's permission to say like, yeah, you got this, you can do this. If it's in your head, I believe that it's because you're supposed to bring it to life. You're supposed to create it. You're supposed to make it, do it. And I have found that one of the easiest ways of actioning things where I'm feeling scared or like, oh my God, I don't know that I should be doing this. is just to do it quickly. You know, I'm mm-hmm. oh, yeah. about like messy action rather than perfection. And I see so many brilliant people that I know personally and that I also don't know personally but I know what they're capable of. And I'm, I'm just thinking you're waiting for this perfect time for everything to be set up and that's never going to happen. And you'll end up, you know, watching everyone else making their dreams come true and you'll be stuck in the same place three years from now. And that's hard. you know. Isn't that the truth? There's that, there was a meme going around that I saw and I love, but it, it said something very much along those lines of like, there's someone out there right now, less talented than you mm-hmm. doing the things that you are afraid to do right now. It's and I was so like, true. Oh, man. So it's can so you talk to me about lucky girl syndrome a little bit and you, yeah. you kind of just did, but like, how do you implement that into your life? 
Okay. So lucky girl syndrome, I truly believe it's about getting really, really specific about your goals and taking yourself seriously to the point where you're actually showing up as though you've already achieved those things. So I remember before lucky girl syndrome kind of came around, there was a clear difference between my actions when I was showing up in the energy of, I already have this from the energy to, I one day will get that, you know, I'm making decisions myself now at a point that if I was at where I want to be in like another five years, the decisions I'm making now are setting me up for that success and they're not taking me further away. So in terms of outside the business, what I do to keep myself together, because I think it helps me mentally is personal training. I have a personal trainer that I see four times a week and that really helps me get clear. I do it first thing in the morning because I know if I leave it for the evening, I'm not going to do it. I'm too tired. (laughs) (laughs) I very much feel like if you're trying to run a business or be an authority in anything, you also really need to take care of yourself because it's about respecting yourself before you put yourself, you know, into serving other people and things like that. So I'm very much a believer of filling your own cup, but in terms of lucky girl syndrome, it's just showing up in the energy of it's already happened. I'm very, very tough on my boundaries. Now I never used to be, I used to be the girl that would do everything and anything for everyone and was completely burnt out and exhausted. And then I'd watch other people thinking I could be doing that, but I'm not committing any of my energy to me. I'm doing it for Mm. everyone else. And then that's where I felt like I was stuck in the mud, kind of watching people doing what they were doing with their lives. And I was doing what I wanted to do, but not to the level that I knew I could. And I think it's just always being, you know, hopeful, just being hopeful that like the moves you're making are making massive impact. I'm a big believer in butterfly effect. I think you can make all these changes and a lot of people expect things to be instant and overnight, but I know that it can be a slow burner sometimes. And I'm just truly trust that everything I deserve is coming to me. I really love that. I mean, it kind of feels like the new improved fake it so you make it mindset, but it's more kind of in a more sustainable way where all these things are meant to be yours, but you have to actually demand that they're yours. Yes, yes, exactly. I I also believe in action as well. Like I'm big into manifestation. um, And I think that also goes hand in hand with lucky girl syndrome as well. You're constantly just it's coming, it's coming, but you do have to do the work, I believe. I think you can't just sit there with your crystals, drinking your hot chocolate, like, <laughs> what do you mean? You know what I mean? Like, it, so many people do think that. And I, you know, I just think, okay, but I, you know, I, I believe that the universe rewards you from the action you're putting out there. If you're showing the universe that you're ready and you're doing the things, then I feel like those opportunities are going to come flooding in. It's like, you know, they say, what is it? Um, waiting for a bus syndrome like when you break up and suddenly there are all these men or, or women and they will just mm. up now. it's because you're showing the universe you're ready for you know opening up to that next person So part of this podcast is because I'm really, or part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is because I love stories and I love storytellers and Mm -hmm. you're here because I personally think of you as a storyteller. You've obviously had a career shift, but would you still consider yourself a storyteller? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, I feel my transition from film and TV to social media, it might sound weird to some people, but I just see it as social media is another amazing way to be telling stories. Everything that we're taking in through the music we're listening to, the films we're watching, obviously the TV shows, the books, 
and the content on social media, if it's evoking a feeling out of you and it's making you want to take action or, you know, it's making you feel something inside it stirring, that's because you're connecting to some element of storytelling. And I think it's so powerful mm. and storytelling is what gets us through. That was really clear to me during the pandemic. Everyone turned to the arts to get through that. And that, the truth, like crazy. <laughs> yeah. And it was just so clear that how, how therapeutic that was. I mean, for me, this is hilarious. And I can't believe I'm admitting this, but there was a time in the UK where at like 5 p.m. Boris Johnson would get on and give his really depressing speech about, you know, what had happened in the day. Oh, BJ. Oh, God. And it was um, because I was considered a, I can't remember what they used to say now. If you had like a breathing issue, you were considered like high risk, high risk. Mm, and yeah, yeah, yeah. last year in the UK, we were only allowed out of our house for 20 minutes a day. I don't know if you had that in the US. Not that extreme. Not we kind of, st- <laughs> I feel like you guys fluctuated between like really restrictive and, and, and really free. And we yeah. just kind of stayed the same level of restricted so the whole true. time. Yeah. That's so true. And so because of this, I was literally, I think in the first year of the pandemic, I left my house maybe seven to eight times. Like it was nothing. It was crazy in a whole year. That's my. Oh my God. Yeah. And I went crazy. And uh, so hearing this you know, this news every day, I would religiously watch it, which was really bad. I learned really quickly not to do that. It was making me really anxious and upset. And the only way I felt like I could calm down was watching like my feel good films. One of them being Paddington 2. Like I don't know. And it was just different things like playing games. I'm a massive gamer, massive gamer. And so mm-hmm. it was something that I got even more into. And I discovered my love of storytelling through game. I feel like game is just an incredible industry that actually i'm super passionate about um and who it's knows? like an unsung hero i think of storytelling yeah it's incredible some of some games i played you know in the last few years i feel have better stories than you know quite a lot of things i've seen on tv recently um just because i think you've got the ability to you know you've got hours that you can play a game and you can extend yeah. the world and the characters so that's not a slight on film and tv i think we've got brilliant film and tv i'm actually obsessed with succession at the minute so what I still have not watched it yet. Philip, my <laughs> husband has, yeah. but I it, have not watched it at all. Obsessed. You have to watch it. It's so good. You know what though? So this is my, a failing of mine that when mm-hmm. the hype gets so big, it almost <laughs> makes me push it's it off cool. even more. I do yeah. that. Yeah. Like if it was some, if one person had said to me, this show was amazing, I would have been like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm going to go watch it right now. But now that everyone's on board. I totally get that. Maybe it's an ADHD thing because I definitely do that. And so it was after Succession Succession finished that I started watching it because I was like, mm, I'm curious. Everyone says it's really good. I suppose I'll watch one episode. And honestly, I'm obsessed. It's amazing. Brilliant acting. Brilliant writing. And now I can't stop watching it. We've binged through. We're on the final season, and we only started. Oh my god! <laughs> so, oh, yeah. that's so exciting. I just, I do love that though. When you find something that is already done, and you can just at your own leisure plow through, yeah. it's the best the feeling. Way. Absolutely. Mm. So how many different sorts of people do you work with as a social media manager? Because you, I mean, I know when you started, you were sort of niche, 
But um, yeah. I feel like you've really expanded your clientele. Yeah. So I've, I'm still niche down, but I've expanded like the amount of clients that I work with. Does that make sense? So I, it's mm-hmm. basically female founded businesses, six, seven and eight figure female coaches, entrepreneurs, business owners um, and creatives. Obviously, there's a lot of amazing creatives I work with, such as yourself, even though you're not yeah. being female. But you're still incredible. I have a couple of guys on my books, actually. You're not the only one. So oh, it definitely, definitely. I mean, I'm kind of a lesbian at heart, so it's 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 fun. <laughs> I feel like I fit in there. Just, I, I think it, what's really important to me is feeling a genuine passion about the person that I'm connecting with and their business and their mission online. And so even though I niche with females and, you know, everything I've just discussed, it doesn't mean I can't work with men. It just means that there's a particular type of, you know, mm male client that I'd be more inclined to work with you know I there are like people who run vape stores or builders and that to me is not my interest I don't think I'd be the best person creating that type of content um so if somebody came to me with that I would definitely redirect them to other amazing social media managers I know but you know you're an amazing creative I love your music completely obsessed so it was a course bless your heart well i mean i guess that really makes sense too because i never really thought about that before but as we were just discussing you're telling stories through social media and not every story can be told by everyone you know there are certain things that are going to be specific to a certain individual and their experiences and Mm -hmm. how they're able to connect with it Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, when you have a a social media manager or someone that's creating content for you on your behalf, they have to be, or you have to feel that passion from them because I very much believe that content, this is going to sound woo-woo, but I totally believe it. Content (laughs) makes you feel something if it's an amazing piece of work. And you can always tell when you're reading these posts that are just flat and thrown up on the, on the grab for the sake of posting. And there's really no point in doing that because it doesn't make the audience feel anything. They're not going to be interested in buying your services. It's not going to benefit your brand or your business. So, you know, I really think that's key in working with people who are genuinely caring about what you want to do in this world and, and how they can support you doing it. I think that's so true. And you're absolutely right. You can tell when someone was like, fuck, I don't know what to say. I'll just put a quote up here. I'll just put this Aristotle quote up here on my thirst trap. It's so true. It's so true. Like, cute butterfly emoji. Like, we've all been that. But, you know, it's just not 23. (laughs) uh, What's the most challenging part of your job, do you think? I think it is constantly refining and balancing expectations both ends so I do feel obviously the majority of clients that come to me are coming to me because they don't understand social media they're feeling overwhelmed by it or they know that it's going to serve their business in a positive way but they're not sure how Mm. and so I always try and explain as I said to you like it's going to take minimum three to six months to start seeing the benefit of it because anything less than three months is just it you know, you've barely had any time to try anything. And then even then the growth is, you know, it's consistent, but it's slow. There are going to be some months where you lose a couple of followers because people can sense that there's a different, there's something that's changed because you're showing up on social media in a different way. That's not a bad thing, but you know, you do have some skim the fat a little bit. 
Yeah, exactly. Because those people are never going to invest in you or buy your album or your merch. Do you know what I mean? So actually that's a bad thing. You're leaving room for more people that are going to be super aligned with your content and buy the tickets and everything else that you're serving or selling. Um, But some clients do come and expect you to be a social media manager and do everything with absolutely no input there and, and that's just not Mm. possible Not at the beginning anyway, you know, you need to have, some sort of an idea of, of the types of things that you want to talk about. I mean, I love, I love having clients like yourself who are so collaborative and so open-minded. You're always up for trying things. Um, and then there are others who are quite rigid and that's fine. But if you're wanting to see a change in growth in social media, that's going to serve your business with sales, then you have to be open to something changing because that's why you're here. We can't just keep maintaining what you've been doing already. We're trying to implement some change that's going to benefit you in the business. So that's definitely something I, I, have to regularly you know it's okay going but um you know sometimes the client just isn't aligned and I've definitely become more confident in acknowledging that and being like this just isn't an aligned fit it's not yeah nervous because ultimately it ends up being a real drain and stress my end with my team if I feel like I'm constantly chasing someone up to approve or you know and that's ridiculous like I shouldn't be spending my time doing that we should be creating the schedule emailing it this is done, you know, I want this change. And then we can make a quick turnaround. We're trying to benefit their business, not be a hindrance to it. So, right. I mean, I would imagine that's a, that's a tricky thing. Cause, uh, I mean, I've seen it teaching yoga or like, you know, with other Mm -hmm. students, sometimes people come to you and they think they really want what you have, but the longer time goes on, you're just kind of like, I am not the person for you. I'm not the teacher for you. I'm not what you need. It is that it's, it's kind of a, a, a strange thing. And I think it's, yeah. it's good to have the boundaries to be able to say, you know, I don't need every client. I don't need every student. Exactly. I don't need every person. Exactly. And I think when we get to that point, it actually elevates you as a business, you know, and a business owner, because you're really clear and precise about the type of people that you work with, like the value you bring and the work that you do. So I think that's actually a really positive thing. I think so. I love that. Where do you want to take this? Where do you want your business to go? Where do you want to, what are your goals? What are your hopes and dreams? Big plans for the agency. So currently um, the agency, obviously I have a team of eight and we are eight, including myself. So a team of seven that I manage, but I'm also on the team doing my thing. And we're international working with international clients. And so I really want to continue expanding the clients that we're serving and working with more and more incredible people. And then the other side of the agency, I'm working on creating some online programs for social media managers and people who want to start a business. So there's going to be a part of the agency that you can actively learn from and then build on, you know, my personal brand that I'm working on constantly. I feel like everyone should be working on their personal brand. I don't think I've said that once this this conversation, but yeah, (laughs) it's so important to be working on your personal brand and just kind of expand you know, not just the social slayer, but being Olivia within the social slayer and how I can help people who want to do, you know, what I'm doing, starting their own social media agency or business, um, particularly women. So yeah, masterclasses and trainings, which I already do, but just leveling that up in a, in a big way. Uh, yeah. yeah. When you say everyone needs to find their personal brand, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So it's basically, I think, personal brand is all about deciding what you're super passionate about. What do you want to show up and speak on? Um, how can your personal brand support your business? Is there um, something unique about yourself that you can really highlight? Um, but basically it's just being authentically you online and sharing about the things that lights you up inside. And then 
somehow it has a thread right back to your business. And so for me, it's really easy because I'm obsessed with social media, film, games, you know, empowering women and just being really honest about my journey and what I'm doing, what I'm not doing, the mistakes I've made, the lessons I've learned. And that's kind of how I started with the blog into the script and um, just building on that. And I think knowing inherently the value that you offer as a human being, like I know that the work that I do with the agency you know, it's, it's some of my clients have had like 200 K launches. Like I know and I know I'm good at it. So I'm, I don't feel like I have to persuade anyone to buy into my personal brand. I'm just showing up as me. And if it resonates, then you're supposed to be, you know, in my circle, let's connect. And if it doesn't, then I'm not obviously the person for you (laughs) or to, you know, support your business. And I totally get that. I think I have a very unique, like Vegas showgirl type of brand. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, pink and I'm quite, um, I feel like I'm a kick-ass, like fairy godmother. Like I love you, but fiercely, and I'm not going to let you be small just because you're scared of something. I'm going to be like, no, you. If you, you know, ever I'm- do a rebrand, please call it the kick-ass fairy godmother. <laughs> the kick-ass fairy godmother. I feel like I'm like Will Smith from I Am Legend, but I love red lipstick. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm <laughs> legend of your best friend that's going to drag you in the trenches and be like, come on, bitch. Like we got this. You've got a business to build. We so got this hiding. and we look fucking great. Exactly. So that's the aim. <laughs> that's the vibe. It's always about the vibe. But yeah, so that I feel like that sums me up in a nutshell, basically. I, I really love that. And honestly, as your friend, I, I think that pretty much sums you up as well. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, you know what, though? Because you mentioned knowing your own worth. And I think for so many of us, that's the hardest thing, right? It's one thing to talk about lucky girl syndrome and all that, but it's hard to embody that delusional kind of grandiosity when you're also kind of like, am I actually worth this? Am I really this? Am I good enough for this? How do you get over that? How do you move through that? It took me years. I'm not going to lie. It's not like anything that I'm saying. I I don't think any of this is like an overnight thing. Um, But for me, it took years and it really started with self-love I realized I don't know how but kind of just hit me one day that everything I was saying about myself to other people internally to myself was so negative and Mm. I I think I've spoken about this with you off camera but I made a post about it online the other day basically until this year I have consciously made a decision to like keep myself small and so I'd start jobs and I'd be like don't be too opinionated or don't show them how much experience you have because that could really rub them, you know, the wrong way. They might see you as being really arrogant. And so actually when I didn't share those things and it made me act in a, Oh no, I'm so sorry. Like, you know, I felt like it was like a mouse. Like I was totally not me because I was putting their comfort first rather than my happiness and who I was as a human being. And it's still, it still ended up rubbing them the wrong way. And so I hit this point where I was like, I'm not acting as me. I'm not trying to act as somebody else. I'm just trying not to offend anyone by being me. And, you know, I know this sounds really arrogant, but I think now realizing these types of people that weren't particularly positive or lovely were obviously intimidated by something in me, but because I chose to stifle it, that made them feel comfortable to treat me negatively. And as soon as I realized that's very much a them problem and it's making me deeply unhappy, I'm just going to be me and the people that resonate with it are supposed to. And the people that aren't, you know, I'm not meant to be around. Um, and that's definitely a hard thing, but I think self-love and that's not just self-care baths as much as we all love a bubble bath and rose petals and chocolate. It wasn't just doing those things. It was also really 
understanding as a person you don't need everyone to like you but that doesn't mean that you have to act like an asshole like still conduct yourself with kindness but also being kind and nice I feel like there's a very big difference I used to think it was the same thing so I'd be a complete doormat for people in the hope that they'd respect me or they'd like me and they don't they just think you're a pushover and so being kind is also being very polite leading yourself with grace but having the boundary to say I really appreciate you asking me that or thank you for coming forwards however it's not a right time it's not an aligned fit I mm. simply don't have to do that like saying no and holding your boundaries because you have respect for yourself over anything else and I think that's really important so a lot of meditation shadow work I know that's a term that a lot of people don't always get but for me that was journaling and really acknowledging there have been moments in my life that I definitely could have handled things better so how can I implement that moving forward? If I'm going to be a leader and I want to be running my own business, how can I lead it in a way, you know, that I would want to work for someone? I, I wanted to be the boss or the, yeah, the leader that I had always hoped to work with. And I unfortunately didn't find that. So, My love, thank you so much for being with me this morning and doing this thank interview. You. Oh, thank you so much and for telling me you. your stories. Yeah. Telling you my stories. I love it. Thank you so much. Well, I will talk to you very soon, and thank you again, and we'll see you later. Catch you later. Did I not tell you that that girl has the most incredible voice, or what? Uh, she used to be an opera singer, just saying. I hope you like that as much as I did. Every time I talk to Liv, I feel so inspired because I feel like so much of my life is spent being overwhelmed and really just like beaten down by my crippling ADHD. And then I talk to her and I am just so like overcome with excitement and, and drive. And I really feel like it was not fully expressed with Liv and her storytelling, how incredible it was that her successful, I'm sorry, that her um, business is as successful as it is because the painting that needs to be pictured for you, what? Am I drunk? What's happening? The picture that needs to be painted for you right now is that her business did not exist a year ago. Uh, she was working at another company, another social media company. And two weeks before her wedding in April last year, she was let go and she got married and then two weeks later started this company and now less than a year on and it's so successful and amazing and i i just really feel like we should all be like jumping on this lucky girl syndrome hard core let's manifest some good things uh i hope you guys enjoyed that I'm so sorry for the sound quality. I won't lie to you. I recorded the first four interviews that I did thinking that my AirPods were going to be amazing microphones because they're so expensive. I mean, well, it's just, they're not, as it turns out, they're fine. But, um, and this first one, I'm really sorry because I didn't change my zoom settings and that's why it sounded like I was sitting in the middle of the highway. So my bad, but, uh, we can only go up from here and it's going to be great. I'm so excited for you guys to hear the other amazing guests we have. There are some f incredible stories, some funny ones, some kind of intense ones, but it's, it's, it's really, 
I'm excited to share it with you all. And if there's anyone that you want to hear from or that you'd like me to reach out to or any stories you're interested in, well, let me know and I will try and find them. You can feel free to follow me at Mark and the Tiger on Instagram and TikTok and all those places. You can also email in here at tigertailspod at gmail.com. That's Tiger Tales, T A L E S P O D, at gmail.com. And if you have a story that you want to tell, share it with me there. And if it's good enough, maybe uh, we'll just share it here on the podcast too. So please remember have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Keep it concise, keep it rolling. And I really am so excited to share some more stories with you guys. I hope you have an amazing week, and I'll see you next time on Mark and the Tiger Tales. Goodbye. If you enjoyed Mark and the Tiger Tales, please rate, subscribe, leave us a review, do all those good things, and we'll keep the good times rolling, and I will bring you so many more stories. I love you, Tigers. See you next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.